0: Hey, I'm Daddy, and this is Daddy as Fuck, a throw-it-all-at-me discussion about poly, kink, DDLG, and BDSM, with an emphasis on power exchange through the eyes of a soft DDLG dynamic. You'll hear stories, opinions, and perspectives as we journey through an alternative way of life, what has worked, what hasn't, and thoughts about how to manage choices on a path less taken. So thanks for joining us today, and let's get going down the bunny hole we Hey, it's Daddy, and welcome back to Daddy as Fuck, Season 1, Episode 7, Rediscovering Romance and Never is Six Months Away. Today, you're gonna hear from both Daddy, that's me, and Baby Girl in Baby Girl's debut appearance on Daddy as Fuck. Together, we explore how relationship landscapes can alter dramatically from how we perceive the way we always have been in relationships to opening up new worlds and ways of being we never imagined for us. Listen as we share how our life Affirming aversions to things like romance, true love, and soulmates that we carried with us into our relationship when we first met were challenged, changing our minds, hearts, and perspective about what's possible for our life together. Also, never say never, because it could be six months away. And as always, if you have questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email daddy at daddy underscore af at comcast And Daddy also loves it when you subscribe, donate to, or especially rate his podcasts. And as a side note on today's episode, we're going to experience differences in audio quality as we move from the solo format of recording in my studio to a mobile format of recording in an interview setting. So let's get on down the audio varied bunny hole. So, hey, it's Daddy, and I'm here with Baby Girl. Hi. And you might hear the covers rustling because we're actually recording from the comfy nest of bed. (laughs) (laughs) So, to start off today's episode, we're going to talk about the rough road behind and share our perspectives on uh, when we first met as we encountered the shift between how we felt about relationships when we first met to how we feel About relationships now. So, um, should I give my perspective first? Of course. Ah, excellent. So, before meeting you, sweetheart, um, as you all know from prior episodes, I have shared stories how I went from a fairy tale love when I was 19 years old and oh, it's Disney and there's the doves and the glass slipper to a fuck it all love where. Uh, I met my, my wife after my divorce, and she was divorced, and we were both bitter, and just like, fuck it all. <laughs> Romance didn't do anybody any favors. And it's funny, because uh, when I was first starting in that relationship, um, I did all the things. You know, I bought the flowers, I put the arm around her on the couch and tried to do the cuddle thing, and, you know, she would get all squirmy and just... I'd be like what's going on here you know why are you getting are you all you- right you comfortable she's like can I can I can I just sit on can I just sit over here and watch the movie over here like my my dad never cuddled with me so I'm not really comfortable with it I don't I don't like that kind of intimacy so I was like oh oh, oh okay how else am I supposed to show you that I really love you and want to be with you right now but okay I'll go with it <laughs> so I suppressed that side of myself and um really denied what I what I truly wanted because I didn't think it was available I mean my first marriage broke down that was a fairy tale love and I saw what that quote-unquote got me right you know so um I was like well I'm gonna take this girl's lead because you know she seems to have her shit together and I ended up convincing myself that well, fairy tale love Disney doves glass lippers it's all a pipe dream and I'm just gonna lean into this pragmatic approach to this relationship and we're just gonna do life and then 17 years later, I watched my wife falling in romantic love with her boyfriend. Um, as you may have heard in other episodes, um, you know, it was a swinger for 17 years, polyamorous relationship for four years with my wife. And so she had a boyfriend and I watched her have a really romantic love with him. And we communicated about it quite a bit. I was well aware. Um and I was in love with my girlfriend too, but it was a different kind of love. It was an adventurous love. Um But the funny thing is is that when I saw my wife having my ex-wife having this romantic relationship with, with her boyfriend in ways that we still didn't have. Um, and, and I was denied. I, I kind of looked at it. It was like, ha 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 He's, uh, he doesn't know what he's getting himself into. That's not real. That's not who she really is. She doesn't like romance. So, you know, she, he's not really getting the, the real her. I get the real her because I know the way she really is in relationships is pragmatic and she doesn't believe in romance so that's let her go off and she can have her fun and she'll come back to me because we're the ones with the real relationship that's stable here surprise game changer (laughs) so that's that's my rough road behind
1: (laughs) uh yeah so my rough road i think it was um it's a little it's a little different from yours it seems like you had some some strong romantic streaks in there that um that got suppressed um i think i I was just like completely averse to to romance and 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 my rough road starts way back at the um at the beginning so you know my dad died when I was four um he had cancer so i I never mm. really had much uh experience with with that kind of of energy and um and love and then my my mom was this you know incredibly strong woman who had to Take over his business and you know take over all the responsibilities and you know raise me and she was a very you know powerful female executive in the days when women were you know just starting to wear pants to the office and you know I mean <laughs> so she was uh, an incredibly strong role model and um, and that's what what I aspired to be you know very no nonsense and uh, and I don't think I ever had a I never really had a a good role model of love, of romantic love. I didn't I didn't see that when I was uh, when I was young and when I was growing up. And then, so interestingly, my first serious relationship was in high school, and um, I think you know just from movies and such, I thought you know yeah. I'm gonna be. I'm going to be so good. I'm going to be such an amazing partner that this guy is not going to want to live without me. He's never going to want to let me go, right? And it's probably because that was like in the early 90s when, um, when the movie Pretty Woman was like so incredibly popular and she says, there's that line where she says, baby, I'm going to treat you so good, you're never going to yeah. want to let me go, right? Yeah. So that was like my uh, going into my very first long-term relationship. That was my approach. Um, so what's unfortunate about that is when that relationship turned out to not be... Good and not be healthy. He didn't want to let me go, and I couldn't get out of that relationship. You and
0: did it, your job so well. Yeah,
1: it turned um, <laughs> it turned quite uh, quite abusive, actually, and, oh, and it was yeah. a tough um, that was a tough road. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so I I can't say that I had really any role models of romantic love or any kind of positive experience with romantic love. Mm. It just was completely off my radar. Not something that I felt like I craved or wanted or or anything. And so when I met my husband and I I was very young, I was still in college when I met him. um, One of the things I loved about him was that our relationship was always super practical. You know, like we, the reason that we ended up getting married, there was no like down on one knee proposal. We were just like, we were talking about buying a house together. And we were like, well, if we're going to buy a house together we should probably get married because I think it simplifies the tax structure like that was like how (laughs) that was how we how we rolled like we didn't we just weren't we just weren't really into romance I mean he you know he would give me you know cards and I would give him cards on you know birthdays and anniversaries and things like that but it just um I don't know that kind of romantic love that you see in the movies was not something that I related to at all and um so what I loved about my relationship with my husband and still love about that relationship is we are fantastic at life together. We are fantastic at adulting together and being partners and, you know, everything from raising our kids to keeping the house to managing the finances and 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 all those practical things. Um so so yeah, I didn't think I was missing anything. And then I guess um Gosh, I guess it was three, four years ago when, maybe it was longer, when my husband and I started exploring the swinging scene. Um, I don't know. I guess I I felt like we were looking for something. Um, At least I was looking for something. I didn't know what it was. Whose idea was it? It was his, yeah, to explore, uh, to explore swinging. But it was, you know, I think it was because we had we'd been together for like twenty years at that point, and we were kind of like, you know, looking for like, maybe we should try something different. Like, what can we do to like spark spice, things spice up? You things know, up, like yeah. yeah, let's just like let's spice it up a bit. So it was, it was kind of like one of those things that went from pillow talk to like, well, why don't we try this? And um, and I think when, once we started doing it at first I was just along for the ride once we started doing it I started to feel like I was looking for something I didn't know what it was at first I thought it was variety Mm. Uh, variety was very exciting but that um but then that that got old pretty fast actually um and then and then I and then I realized I was definitely gravitating towards partners who um you know were being rougher with me who were you know hair pulling choking um spanking things like that and and in some ways it didn't surprise me that i was gravitating towards that and my relationship with my husband for background is not like that at all he is a gentle gentle soul who cannot stand to see me like grimace in the slightest bit of pain so um Mm. so that was never an aspect of our relationship um But in this, you know, in these swinger relationships, that was something I started to be exposed to and and found was really resonating with me. And it wasn't a surprise because from the time I was in like seventh grade, I loved spanking erotica and like, you know, all kinds of like um, being, you know, erotica about being tied up and, you know, tormented in various ways. Like uh, that was kind of always what did it for me from, from very, very young in discovering my sexuality. So, um, Did
0: you have any of those elements present in your first relationship back in no. college, high school? Oh.
1: No. Um, no, I really didn't, didn't explore any of that until... Well, and don't forget, I was still pretty young. I was in yeah. college when I met my husband. So, yeah. um, no, it was really just recently when we started swinging that I started to realize that's what that's what resonated for me and so um and so yeah that's kind of that's kind of where I was I guess when you and I met was I had discovered that like rough sex and you know BDSM dynamic um that worked for me and so again like romance was just something I was completely completely uninterested in and it just seemed like something that was like totally irrelevant to me
0: yeah, it seems like we definitely we were resigned to our fates and how we experience relationships and how we picture relationships to be in ways that work best for us when we met, you know. And I think at least from my perspective that's what you know, in our initial meeting, I really felt resonated. It's like, "Hey, I'm on the same page with this girl. She's a really direct approach to what she's looking for, and it's the same naughty things that I'm looking for." <laughs>
1: So, resign to our fate.
0: That we are. You definitely <laughs> sound <resign. laughs> All right. That
1: was a heavy sigh, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> Let's get on with it then. <music> Talking about being resigned to our fate. So, I think I told you this. That when we first met... Um, I had been divorced a year and I was just taking stock of my life. And I looked back and I remembered that when I was going through the last few years of my marriage and also having a full time girlfriend, my wife having a full time boyfriend, there was a lot of drama. You know, the girls did not really get along at all. So there was a lot of um, there was a lot of touch off points for drama in relationship management. So I remember at times just like. You know, on a lazy Sunday afternoon, I'm kneeling down, putting some wood in the stove and I'm just about to watch a movie and we're talking about phone calls and what are we going to think, what we think is going to happen. And he thinks this and she thinks that. And I'm just, what do you think? And I'm just like, oh, God, you know what? If anything ever happened to you, I would be crushed, but I would be done. I'm just going to be single for the rest of my life because after 27 years in relationships, and just four years of dealing with this, I am just exhausted. And I felt like my relationships at that point were just like one step forward. And a lot of the times it was like most of a step back. So um, when I met you, I was just like, done. I think I said in my last episode, too, that, you know, I was just looking for casual. And um When I first met you and you were like, you were so cute and you were sitting there uh, at at the uh, in the booth, you know, your legs were crossed and you had your glasses and you had your phone and you're like, "Um, I just want to say that I can really only meet like maybe every two weeks. Is that going to be okay? (laughs) I'm like, "Um, actually, that works perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Two weeks. I was thinking like, you know, once a month, whatever. But two weeks is actually was a perfect cadence for me. But then you had your own perspective come to find out not too long ago.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I was at a, at a similar place as far as, um, as far as relationships, you know, I think, um, so, uh, I, if anyone out there has not tried opening up your relationship, I would say, um, it's not easy. And those of you who have opened up your relationships, you know, that already, um, it's not an easy journey. It uh can be incredibly incredibly rewarding, but it takes mm-hmm. a massive amount of communication and there's, you know, a lot of emotions that you have to wade through. And so um when we were swinging, you know, my husband would sometimes um feel jealousy about, you know, mm. these other partners that um that I was engaged with and he would he would say um he would worry. He would worry that I was going to, you know, run off and and leave him for for one of them. And I would just like shake my head because I, I would say, you know, it, if I were to leave you, it would be to be alone. Like because I'm kind of a, I'm not kind of I'm a, a major introvert and I just like I need my alone time to recharge and sometimes between you know a husband and kids and the dog and the job and the volunteerism and the hobbies and the you know it just like sometimes it feels like I can't even catch a second to catch my breath and like reconnect with myself and recharge and it's um and and it's interesting because you know i i mentioned at the beginning of this episode my dad died when i was 4 my mom never remarried um and she you know is still she's still alive and healthy thank goodness and um and single and she's never um and she has no interest in in dating anyone and and so i would go through these these periods where i would sort of fantasize about that and i would think to myself that you know god like it must be so nice to be able to live alone the way that she does. Oh. And like I would just and sometimes when I would go on business trips I would fantasize about like being alone. And and you know, don't get me wrong, I love my husband and I love my kids. But um I don't know, I'm gonna say I think it's normal for for yeah. moms out there to sometimes feel a little bit overwhelmed. I mean, I think I read um I read in like a magazine article one time that they were saying that like a very common fantasy around moms is to be in a minor car accident, right? Like not so major that you, you know, do permanent damage to yourself, but like, but like, you know, enough that you get to be in the hospital for a little while, just, so that you know yeah. someone else is taking care of you for a little while. I think they, they even were like, uh, we're we're talking about that, making fun of that in that movie, uh, Bad Moms, like about how that's like a common, <laughs> a common fantasy. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I mean, I was, I just didn't. Feel that you know much romantic attachment to any of the um, the folks that we were swinging with, interacting with. I had incredible connections with some people, um, and and ended up forming deep and lasting friendships with some of them. But um, but yeah, I just, I just, I would say, you know, to my husband, I was like, don't you, you really don't need to worry that I'm going to leave you for someone else, because like, if I ever did it, would it would just be to be by myself,
0: just to, just <laughs> just to be alone. <laughs> And and, and, you know, yeah, you don't have to end up in a hospital bed having fantasies of someone feeding you jello. (laughs) I'd heard that one before, too. That's sad, isn't it? So there we are, resigned to our fate. You know, it's, it's, and then it's just really interesting what happened next. So let's talk about how those tides changed. (laughs) Okay. So the changing tides, you know, really quick the evolution for us. Um, when we first met, I think it was um, you had on your profile. What was it? Something about sex and dynamic.
1: I I'm not interested in sex without dynamic.
0: Right, because you had done a lot of um, exploration with sex and the swinger side, and as you just said a few bit minutes ago about variety, you know, you were you wanted you were looking for something else, something more. Yep. Um, And that became, as our dynamic evolved, our relationship evolved, we started at, I don't want sex without dynamic. And that suited me just fine because I was divorced just a year and I was exploring. So every two weeks, dynamic and sex, great. (laughs) (laughs) But that quickly became, um, I need you to beat away the demons before I can melt in your arms. And I think that's a nod to the fact that we were starting to feel feel the feels. Yep. You know, I think we gave each other permission early on, feel the feels. Yeah,
1: and I remember I remember when I when I said that to you because mm-hmm. um you were saying that you'd been having some really some really interesting um realizations sort of about the romantic side of our relationship and you were looking forward for uh to when I came over so that we could talk about it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds great, but I'm going to need you to beat me first. Like, <laughs> just so you know. Like, I'm not going to be able to get all mushy and romantic until you beat me a bit.
0: <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, great. That's perfect. I have no problem with that. I'll grab the can, a cane. I mean, can opener. I mean, cane. <laughs>
1: We haven't tried a can opener yet. I'm not, oh wow. I'm not sure I, how that I would could go. get one in the kitchen.
0: <laughs> you guys, hold on a second. Let's I'll be right that. back. Let's save that for later. <laughs> All right. What time when are we done recording? So uh <laughs> yeah. that evolved yet again towards um it was this summer. <laughs> uh, you you said to me, You're turning me into such a romantic. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that was like bizarre and just like a kind of new experience for yeah. <laughs> to like be like I don't know wanting to say romantic things and wanting to like be a little more cuddly and and yeah you were definitely bringing out a, a different side in me for sure
0: and then that of course um, cuz I still had to like you know open that can a little bit to get that side out of you um but that re- soon resulted in um, I think this was kind of right around the time. We'll talk a little bit more about about the specifics, but that resulted in you saying, "I just need to be in your arms before I can think about anything else."
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah. And that was such a flip, right? From from when I said, "Sorry, I can't like I can't cuddle <laughs> and do this romance stuff till you beat me." To like, I need to just walk in the door and sink into your arms and be in my safe space, and then from there we can go anywhere and we can do anything. But I just like I need that first, and like that. It was just like, it was a complete reversal for me Yeah, from where I had been.
0: Now, if you listen to the episode before this about evolution and relationships, uh, evolution and our relationships, poly relationships, you, you've heard a lot of this stuff about our dynamic and how we evolved. But this is really interesting for us because, um, you know, and in, in, in this particular episode, we're talking about, you know, never, never is six months away in rediscovering romance because even, even given the evolution of our relationship, every relationship evolves. Right. Um, but you know, we, we, from the perspective of who we were as people, we weren't romantic people. I gave, I gave up on it. You never knew it yeah, really. And now you never knew it. And I of any of your relationships were not, didn't have romantic dynamics. Right. Mm,
1: I had one, I had one that was, that was romantic. Oh Yeah. Yes, yeah. for
0: a couple of years there.
1: Mm, but it was complicated.
0: It was, a, yeah, it was, a, right, right. Um, so when we talk about the parallels and how our DS dynamic evolved. And yeah,
1: because when we when we started talking about this and talking about the evolution of our relationships since this podcast is about um, DS and, you know, DDLG and, and dynamic, yeah. I thought it would be interesting for us to also talk about how our dynamic changed as our relationship evolved right because yeah. like, the ways that we like express dynamic have changed too
0: Yeah absolutely and you think back to the I don't want sex without dynamic stage we we had that burning of the contract
1: Right and so that was interesting right because and I think um people who've listened to what is it maybe the first episode when you yeah, talk I think so. about yeah. how we met um know that like our very first time alone together um we burned a bdsm contract right so there was like some irreverence right from the start there was this a little bit of this like we're not going to do things normally like you know kind of feeling like like, we're going to make this what we want to make it and we're going to shape it the way we want to shape it but Yeah. yeah even even with that there was still a lot of stuff that we did um at the beginning of our relationship, uh, that was very much like I would say like traditional elements of like a DS dynamic, right? Like oh, um great. we had a collar. You and didn't want sex without dynamics. I didn't so. want sex without dynamics. I had dynamic. to bring the dynamic. You baby, brought though. the dynamic, I know. So we had a <laughs> collar and a leash and, and I loved it. You'd lead me around with it, you'd slap me with it. I loved it. And then um It's
0: right over there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And then there was um, a lot of the, like instructions, like when you would have me come over, oh gosh, you yes. give me these like, like six part lists of like, <laughs> so when you come in my house, you're going to like turn on this light and then you're going to like start the coffee pot and then you're going to plug this thing in. And I was then feeling
0: gonna, you like, out. I was adjust. trying to figure out what kind of a submissive you were, how good you were with orders. I'm like, I'm going to overwhelm her and see how she reacts. Great.
1: Right, but you know, at that stage in our relationship, like i loved it because i i just wanted to please you you know and yeah. so if you were giving me any instruction to do i just wanted to show you i could be good at doing it
0: and i learned something really important there because you were like wow this is really overwhelming and the fir- my first response to that was like oh god did i did i put her in a position where she's gonna fail because i knew that you want really wanted to please so it kind of it kind of was like a foreshadowing of yeah. like how i wanted to i wasn't just telling you what to do i actually started to feel like i my ca- i cared I cared about your success, yeah, you know, so there was like a little <laughs> glimpse into the future there right, um so yeah we we had a lot of the traditional elements and and those those carried through to us starting to explore some of the heavier sides of b d s m
1: right, and so that's when we moved into that. I need you to beat away my demons before I can be yeah mushy and romantic with you.
0: I forget how we got into the beating. Was it, it was a stories, right? We were writing a lot. Yeah. We had a lot of time. We were,
1: we were, yeah, I was between jobs and we were, so I had a lot more free time and we were, um, we were writing erotica and, uh, and fantasy, basically just writing fantasies with each other. And then we, you wrote this incredible fantasy, um, about the butcher and, and it was like a very like heavy impact with knife play and restraint kind yeah. of fantasy, and I was like, um, "Can we can we do that? Can we can we act that out? Like let's like let's do that, right?"
0: That was funny when I you know I, I shared that with you, and like cause I, I our relationship has really opened up the bunny hole for me. And as I walked down through the passages, I passed some really scary barred doors, you know, and. Uh, Uh, there's definitely some dark sides of myself that I could unleash and do at times. And so when I wrote this fantasy and and I got the message from you, like maybe we could, maybe we could act that out this weekend. I was like, wait, wait, what really do you, you you do know what I have? Like that's going through my mind, right? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You say so.
1: Well, and then I think also at that point in time, I started forwarding you some of my favorite erotica stories on FetLife that I love to read and, and the erotica that was really doing it for me at that point in time was very dark. There's a group on um, FetLife called The Darker Side of Erotica and there's some great stuff in there but it's like a lot of CNC, you know, a lot of trigger A lot of trigger warnings. Yeah, a lot of trigger warnings but that's what was getting me there so i yeah. i was sharing this with you and you were like uh, loved whoa you're like loved it. all of a sudden like i feel like those barred doors were like blasting open into the dark places right? oh
0: yeah i think i sent you a um a, a text meme at one point with this dark dude walking down this hallway like he was about to rip someone's head off and i just felt so powerful actually you know because i said, like, here's someone who i am beginning to adore very deeply who is like ushering me through the dark caverns of my soul saying, ooh, look at that one, daddy. Ooh, look at that one, daddy.
1: (laughs) So then we, um, so we did a lot of scening in this point in our relationship. Yeah. And and a lot of it was like, um, we did a lot of character driven stuff. So we did, yeah, a lot of role play. So we did, um, we did the minx and the hunter and the warrior where we went out in the woods and I had a lovely little, little minx tail and little ears and nothing else except so my boots had boots because was pretty cold still it was early spring yeah it was like <laughs> it hey was
0: really cold it's gonna be 62 this weekend i think that's great let's do it bear in mind we met in february so right,
1: right. <laughs> um and you were uh you were you know heavily armed hunter with ropes and knives i and can't
0: believe we wrestled in the woods with I, I was holding a machete and we wrestled
1: we did yeah <laughs> Yeah, I get. I I bit you pretty good. You
0: did bite my. I had a bruise on my thigh, baby. (laughs) You had me at machete wrestling. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that was a hell of a scene. All role play. That was amazing. And then
1: we did. um, We did uh, some role play that we called Backwoods, which was starting to explore some some CNC type stuff. Um, And that was that was intense.
0: Yeah, there was well, some triggering there.
1: Yeah, we'll. I think we'll get back to that at some point. But that was like one of those things that after we did it, I was like, I need a break. Okay, that's that was a lot. That was, uh, Yeah.
0: And then that actually kind of was a lead in, though. I think that was a, a stepping stone up to the next or down to the next <laughs> level of the bunny hole, because you had said to me at one point. I, I kinda can 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 it just be Daddy and Baby Girl this weekend? I feel like we've had so many characters in the room. I'm just craving some time with just the two of us.
1: I totally remember that. Yeah. I was and, like I was like, I think we need some alone time. Yeah, I was like, well
0: um oh yeah, no, I get it.
1: <laughs> I know, and that was the funny thing, was you like a hundred percent got you knew exactly what I meant when I said that and and so we were like, Yeah, let's um Let's, let's just have some us time, just daddy and baby girl. And, um, and, and what we discovered, right, was that that was, there was like a really tender, tender energy that was going on between us then.
0: Yeah, it felt really good. It, um, it kind of evolved the DS into a, uh, a caring and loving kind of a daddy was center stage and it was a loving kind of control and i was able to exercise control because you know here i am coming from this relationship with you where it's like i don't want sex without dynamic and beat away the demons before you talk sweet to me and now all of a sudden i'm just like well wait a minute what do i do with all of this control stuff how am i supposed to exercise control if i'm not dominating you and whipping you and beating you and tying you up and you know dragging you out into the woods and making you wear butt plugs when it's 62 degrees out <laughs> um so, where does all that energy go, and then, I think was it you who wrote bedtime story? you came up with the idea of bedtime story, well,
1: yeah, well, it was because so we were remember we were doing our book club,
0: yeah, 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 <laughs> we were yeah. reading vixen, this,
1: yes, we were reading a romance novel called vixen, which is um it was the the yeah. earliest erotica that I could remember reading when I was like in early middle school and daddy was like well i want to read it because i want to understand what shaped you like what Bingo. you know like yeah. i want to understand where that came from and so we decided i re i reread it and you read it we read it together, together. chapter by chapter chapter by chapter yeah. and had little discussions after each and that led me to um to start a erotica fantasy story called bedtime story um, where it sort of started with baby girl reading daddy a bedtime story while daddy was slowly tormenting me with pleasure but you know making me keep reading despite the fact that I really wanted to stop reading and just surrender to um Mm -hmm. all the things he was doing and then um and then I turned the story over to you. That's right. And I said, yeah. why don't you write the second half of it? Ah. <laughs> and then it got dark.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Why do you always have to go to anal?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Daddy already owned my ass. How come every story has to end that way? <laughs> Ironically. Um, you know, it's, it's just so funny how bedtime story gave us the access that we needed just at the right point though because the pivotal part of of bedtime story was you sharing with me your thoughts about sadistic daddy yes what did that how did that come up because that was your brainchild
1: oh it was because so i gave you the story to write and mm-hmm. the first version that you wrote sort of continued the loving tone yes. that i had started and then when when i read it i said to you i was like so i had this thought like what if there was like an alternate ending like what if it went a little darker yeah like cuz i was like thinking you know i i guess i just i had this fancy about like you know this this energy where you know daddy's like It's like I'm I'm hurting you but it's only it's only for your own good baby girl like I know you don't want me to stop I know you want me to to help you through this right there is this like this kind of I don't know this contrasting energy where you're both you're both like hurting me and tormenting me but also caring for me and for there's something about it that's in my best interest I don't know there's something there that I wanted to like explore a little bit yeah
0: and uh and it was really interesting because we did we did play with that and and that kind of gave rise to sadistic daddy meaning that i had something i could do with all this dominant energy that we had explored with used you know as as like a primary tool of engagement very early in our relationships like now all of a sudden daddy's back (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and so, Daddy can. I don't. We don't need the butcher. We don't need a cast of characters. We don't. I don't need to have you say, "I need you to beat away the demons before I can melt into your arms." You can come over, and melt into my arms, and I can still take care of you and bring in those elements that light us up and connect. <laughs> you us You
1: can still torment the fuck out of me. <laughs> I can still
0: torment the fuck out of you. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> And that kind of gave rise to sadistic daddy. It's like, okay, well, that's where we can bring our little elements of um, of power exchange and our dynamic back in. And we had grown accustomed to playing with pain, mm-hmm. which was a surprise. It was a for surprise. You. Um,
1: I didn't think I was into pain.
0: No, I, I didn't either. And the play partner I had that when I first met you was heavily into pain. And I was just touched the tip of that iceberg before I transitioned out of that relationship with her and continued with you. So when you started to express interest in pain, I was like, oh, oh, I can I got I got I can do this here. Let me show you a few things. And then we we're off down our own direction. I was very excited about that. Yeah, because I think the pain is just um it's just another door and we found some beautiful things behind it
1: we did yeah. and, and the the that that line between pain and pleasure is just fascinating how they can reinforce each other so okay we're getting off topic
0: it's another way of, well <laughs> um, hold on it's okay hold on it's another way of weaving our dynamic together you know it's uh, you you surfing that line it's another way of communicating You know, it's not just me beating you and then you melt into my arms. It's happening at the same time. Yeah. Speaking of which, I believe that was a direct lead-in to the result of where we are today. I just need to melt in your arms before I can think about anything else.
1: Happy sigh. (laughs) (laughs) Baby girl's in her happy place now.
0: So, the... Dynamic-based activities that once gave us access to a deeper place When we tried doing those lately, they just fell flat
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember um, the collar We stopped using the collar because mm. It just felt un- unnecessary I mean, God, you own me so thoroughly I am, I am so completely yours that it just I was like, why are we doing this? Like, what Mm, what purpose is this? this? It's a
0: barrier. It almost felt like a barrier. Yeah. Well, it just,
1: yeah, like you said, it just felt um, like a farce. Like, it just, it felt empty. There wasn't, we didn't need it.
0: So, a couple of weeks ago when you were here, or maybe about a month ago now, when you were just getting over your back injury, and I had tied some rope around you, and we were fucking, and at one point, I was just like, Well, I'm I'm checking all the dominant boxes here. This is I'm doing a great job, but I just got to get this rope off you because I. And it was about the same time that you said the same thing. Mm -hmm. You're like, Daddy, can you please just? I just want to be in your arms.
1: Yeah, I think that was well. That was also part of, you know, we were transitioning into this like deeper romantic stage of our relationship, and then around that same time, um, I had this this back injury. And, um, and so like we, we, there was like a period of time where we really couldn't do a lot of like heavy impact and rope. And so I think we fell even further into the romantic side of our explorations because I, I needed care. Like I, during that period of time, like I needed you, I needed daddy so, so much. And I just, I needed your care. Like I would literally just like when I would get to see you I would just like fall apart and like I would just like walk in the door and just like fall over like I could like I just was holding it all together yeah until that second and I just needed to be able to fall apart and like and then even as I started to heal right like that's when we when we noticed that we were like there was that other time when um we were like hey like you know hey you're feeling better now and we haven't got to do any impact so yes. next time we get together let's, let's do, do impact. impact and we right. were like yeah let's do some impact and so i like walked in and you're like let me just like throw you over the couch and start beating you and then like we kind of looked at each other and we're like what are we doing <laughs> <laughs> like, why does it, why doesn't this feel right like what like what
0: <laughs> honey <laughs> i just need to melt into your arms before i beat you <laughs> oh, i know
1: right it was such a total reversal like oh, just... but that's
0: the that's the sadistic daddy you know melt into my arms and then i'll find ways to torture you yeah
1: Oh, my God. Because I know you need it. I do. I do. And you do it so well. Oh, my God.
0: Well, it's us, you know. Mm. So I think that that definitely reinforced a need for daddy. And uh, when we talked a couple of weeks ago, I said, geez, how'd we, how did we get here? And that's what brought this whole podcast. How did we get from I don't want sex without dynamic to, like, just please, I just need you to hold me. <laughs> it's like, who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? So we... We re. I, I said to her I was like Hey remember bedtimes Because we were talking about this In text Like just having Pretty much this conversation in, in, in text messages Back and forth And I was like Remember bedtime story You know Remember how we managed Dynamic with bedtime story I think there's something there And it was there all along Yeah I mean I think we created that For a reason That was just like The seed that grew Into this
1: And so we recently Did like a bedtime story Part two Mm and uh yes and that worked that worked really well yes. for us that was like a really nice that was a really nice way to keep that daddy baby girl loving energy that we have developed but then take it to some dark places yes that was that, that, <laughs> that
0: was i think um the dawn of a new day <laughs> <laughs> so you know here we are we've gone full circle from you know, meeting each other and saying, I'm never going to do this again. I don't believe in love. Our relationships suck. Well, every two weeks, perfect. You know, let me just beat you, and fuck you, and call it a day to, like, the opposite of that. I am so in love with you. It's oh ridiculous. <laughs> I love you, daddy. I love you too, baby girl. <laughs> and I just don't know how we got here because it's been an amazing ride and it's uh, it's nothing I ever imagined experiencing in my life. I d- literally did not believe that these feelings were real or possible. So to have all this wrapped up in all this very real and concrete dynamic is just a, a, a huge surprise.
1: Well, I guess that that kind of leads to like why you wanted to do this episode, right? And why you said never say Never.
0: Speaking of never saying "never" because it could be six months away, I see our journey as an illustrator of that you know we we went from romance is not on the table, yeah. to being in love I mean I never thought I would have found that in this in 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 this uh type of format in this relationship, you know, and how, how we're doing things and how we met and what we were looking for. And now here we are, especially with our perspectives that we had when we first met and our how we thought we were in relationships. You know, if you look back at how you thought you were. In,
1: yeah, we weren't looking for that and didn't, didn't think it was um, an option right. at all. Not something we were interested in. Not, it just... It just ties to that whole theme of like never say never you just just gotta roll with what comes
0: I had had someone I met in, uh at a munch and uh, we were talking and she was just being cheeky but uh she had asked me hey have you ever done this have you ever done that and she looked at me and she winked and she said never say never because it's six months away and I'm like oh you know I kind of got that for the for the BDSM lifestyle it's like hey uh you ever try pegging? I was like no, I would never do that. Never say never, because <laughs> six months from now you might be ordering yourself a collection of strap-ons. <laughs> um, and and it's true, you know, when you're open-minded exploration and you're you're exploring the lifestyle and you're you you know you want to learn and grow, um, it's good to have a healthy perspective on what's possible for yourself. So, you know, this our relationship to me is just like an incredible um, just beacon of what it means to never say never. Cause I was saying never, I was saying never, no, 27 years in straight relationships, 48 years old. I'm like, no, sorry, done, never. <laughs> and then you come along and I'm like, yes, please. All of it, <laughs> all of it. Um, you know, I never believed in soulmates. I never believed in the one. And you know, do I think that there's more than than one the ones out there sure yeah absolutely but few and far between hard to come by and not always right there when you need them I think we made what we have too which is even more special because it wasn't born of need i wasn't looking for this you know it's not like hey i'm looking for this one perfect baby girl i would be now if you up and disappeared on me i'd be like i know exactly what i'm looking for where'd you go i'm
1: not going anywhere daddy
0: (laughs) so you know there's catalysts um in life there's a lot of different catalysts in life you know new experiences you know you meet some friends out at the club or you know, you, you're over somebody's house for a play party and someone's, hey, you ever try flogging? You know, there's, there's new experiences that could open yourself up. There's life changing events like divorce, mm-hmm. um, swinging, yeah. you know, um, ex- a choosing to go to a munch and connect with somebody that you make a play date with. You know, these are life changing events. And you look back, uh, well, I said my last episode I talked about in a swinger context, swinger poly uh, evolution concept of um, game changers, you know, in, in, in a lot of the same ways, never say never because it's six months away. It kind of relates to game changers too. Because every time you open yourself up to a new experience, you're allowing yourself to let go of that never and just experience life. I mean, it could be a new, could be a new experience. It could be a life-changing event. It could be a new partner you know something yeah. I've never experienced this with anyone before no, I've never never loved either. this way before you know um one thing I did used to say one thing I used to say when I was uh swinging in my my wife and I ex-wife and I would have like um we'd have friends another couple that were friends for a few years and then we'd we'd have that relationship would transition we'd make some new friends and you know I always felt like different you're different with different people and I noticed that I brought being with a different partner brought out different different aspects of myself, and they would say the same. And, you know, that's an opportunity to experience something different about yourself through the eyes of a new partner, through your own eyes, with a new partner. And it sets you up for a new perspective on yourself and the world around you. And I'm speaking from personal experience when I say that. Um, I like leaving room to let um, my past experiences kind of create a new future. And I guess what I mean by that is we all start at like Monopoly, you know, like we all start at Go. Mm-hmm. All our pegs are right there in and, and various elements. You know, sometimes you're a car, sometimes you're a train, sometimes you're a hat or a dog. You know, it's like maybe you start from college, high school, whatever, you know, you're in a relationship. But we're all young and life is ahead of us. And we all start at Go with a blank slate. And from there we go out and we collect a life story that evolves through a million different memories and experiences that polarize us about life and relationships. Mm-hmm. And we start to develop, a, a, at least I did start to develop a feeling of who I am in the world. You know, uh, how does, how does, how does daddy navigate life? What's daddy going to do in situation a, what kind of person does daddy like to date? What kind of person is, does daddy like his friends, you know, and life just goes on and on and, looks to us much different at go than it does after we've rolled the dice endless times and come up with endless different results and collected all these life experiences. And it's going to be a much different view. We're going to have a much different view of life and ourselves 20, 30, or 40 years down the road. And I can say this because I've lived through so much and just even in the past eight months, what we've experienced is that... um, I have said never. (laughs) I said never a lot,
1: Yeah.
0: and here I am anyway. So I kind of thought I'd bring up the topic of never say never because it's six months away. I mean, it was said to me tongue in cheek, but it's very real. Saying maybe someday is a way to acknowledge that life has a way of altering our perspective based on what we've learned about ourselves and the world as we know it and who we are in the world into the world. You know, someone, someone I never thought I would be friends with 20 years ago is like the perfect companion for, I'm not talking about you, baby girl, (laughs) is the perfect, would be the perfect companion for me right now. You know, it's just, I guess it served me for the point in time in my life that I was at. And I'm at a different point in time in my life now. So I can look back and say that, geez, I, I wish I didn't narrow my perspective so much back then. Because I, I would have missed out on all of those wonderful doors had I not maintained some level of maybe someday. You know, I, so an, an example I, I give from my life is that, I mean, I may not be ready or even open to a bi bisexual experience like when I was at age 30. But closing up on 50, you know, I've seen enough and I've grown enough to know that the experience sounds intriguing. It may never happen for me, but at least I can admit that it sounds intriguing. Because I've learned that, hey, maybe someday is better than never. Because if I say never and it catches me by surprise, well, you know, I guess it's a good thing. It's a win. But I'd much rather experience it through conscious choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest lesson to aging is that we don't know what we don't know. And we won't know until we know it. And at times the only way to go through that is to live life and have the experience that leads us to learning these things that we didn't know we didn't know and I think that's the essence of saying never is that we don't know what we don't know about ourselves like oh I'm never going to do that I'm never going to kiss another guy well at that point in our life we don't know that we we didn't know that we didn't know that we were interested in that we we hadn't met the person I had the life experiences that led up to the point that, that it would interest us and I guess that's what I'm saying you know it, you're going to live life to a point where things that didn't interest you once may may interest you at some point. And saying maybe someday, you're more likely to see them coming so that you can make that conscious choice. And leaving room for the never allows us to see the doors that we can possibly open as they come along. Those little dark demons behind the bars. That, yep. Rather than risk missing them altogether.
1: Because that would be a shame.
0: It would be a shame.
1: Hmm. You can have a lot of fun with those demons behind those uh, barred doors. <laughs> <laughs> what was that thing that you like that you sent me? That meme that you sent oh, me. Oh, oh like yes. Sometimes, sometimes I was. Well, sometimes I fight with my demons or bat. Sometimes I battle That'll my demons. demons. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes we just, just cuddle. cuddle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, what's coming next? Thank you for joining me today on this episode, baby girl. It's been lovely having you
1: my pleasure thank you for inviting me daddy Mm
0: -hmm. you're most welcome sweetheart Mm -hmm. what's next on daddy as fuck why do we dynamic let's take a journey through BDSM dynamics from kink activities like rope impact and pain to power exchange between masters slaves dominants submissives tops bottoms daddies and littles and everything in between with a focus on kink and power exchange and an introspective eye, let's dare ask the question, why? Why do we do it? What puts the BD in your SM? And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for Daddy, you can email daddy at daddy underscore AF at comcast.net. Thanks for joining me down the bunny hole. Catch you next time.